Hey guys, good morning. Um, I have a very, very special guest today, one of my dear and longtime friend, very well known to the world, very, you know, established book author, Terry Woods. And Terry, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Miss Jackie. How are you? I'm fine, Swiss. I'm so fine, sis. I'm so fine. I'm just blessed. How are you dealing with this whole epidemic there? <sighs> trying to dress up like hazmat <laughs> before I go outside. <laughs> like a hazmat worker getting ready to go into some radiation chamber. You know, oh you know me. Oh, my God. You know me. You know I'm overdramatic with it. I need a, I got my, um. If you look at my picture on Instagram this morning, I got my shower cap on because I don't want it to get in my hair. And, oh my God, it's a mess up here, Jack. It's a mess. Oh my God, Terry. So what, how, yeah. how are you dealing with it? What are you doing? I mean, as one of the number one book authors and best-selling authors out there in the world, I know you're up to something. You're cooking up something. I know you're on your, a new book. So talk to me. Yes, I'm on a new book. Mm-hmm. It's called Terry's Game, mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> it's a memoir of my years as um, I would say as a black woman in business. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had my company, I've had my small publishing company now for twenty years, right. and I've learned so much about the publishing industry, about printing, mm-hmm. about book printing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the business of it all. And then it's, it also uh, travels through, you know, the years, not only while I'm in business, but my personal life and things that I was going through and um, and how I overcame it all and how I got through it without, you know, without being too angry. Right. <laughs> um, but, but, but being a little angry and then being a little sad and then being a little depressed. Mm-hmm. And then realized that I had to get up. And so just going through all of those motions and how I got up and the steps that I started taking to get up were really difficult because I had two children on my back. Right. And it was, it was it's not a game, right. you know, when it comes to them. Yeah. So there were sacrifices. Um, there's been tremendous sacrifices. What inspired um, you, no, yeah. though? But what inspired you in the beginning of, you know, Terry was publishing? What really expired you? Because I really, know where you, I really want people to know where, you know, tell them where you're from originally, Terry, because, you know, a lot of people don't know that you're... That it... I'm from West Philly, mm-hmm. and life, for me, back when I reflect on it, was bleak. It wasn't even probably middle class in, in that neighborhood, even though I come from a middle class neighborhood as a young woman. I was in Philly on my own. And I was in the inner city and, you know, I was just a witness to, um, just a witness to, to that whole era and the, um, and the drug era of the eighties and the crack. And so just, just, I don't even think people understand what happened to, um, you know, they talk about it, but they don't really put the the, the nail mm-hmm. on the head and then they don't hit it with a hammer. Mm-hmm. They don't drive it home that um Drive it home for me, Terry. Error. Yeah, drive it okay, home for so, me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so where I came from, and I'm only speaking where I was in West Philly, the things that I saw, the things that I was hearing, the murders, the deaths, the crack. Uh, um, when it first started in 82, 83, people were just freebasing. But by 84, 85, there was crack. I just don't think anything was like crack. And mm-hmm. I think that the way it ripped through us, when you look and say, well, what's going on with our young kids now? You got to go back to 30 years ago when crack came because that became the disconnect. Mm-hmm. And nobody talks about that socially and how to fix that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're broken people because somebody went into a laboratory and figured out how to put some baking soda on some cocaine and cut that shit down and make it raw and then tell you to smoke it. Hmm. 
Just like they were. Nobody now. black would have ever done that shit. Oh, and then yeah, we didn't even have cocaine back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. That wasn't even our thing. We didn't have that in our community. Like, that was, you needed big money for that. You know, you needed money. You mm-hmm. needed 70000 for a king. Mm-hmm. You, didn't get, you couldn't get your hands on that in the 70s. That wasn't you, people. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, they just freebase it and crack. And, and then the neighborhood's gone and... You know, these girls are caught up and they selling themselves and they selling their bodies and they selling everything in the house and everybody's walking around like zombies. And the next thing you know, we went from crack to AIDS. It doesn't that sound like where we at a little bit right now? I know it's a little bit more devastating than it's Baby. Doesn't it? Baby, listen, listen, listen. They broke down. Everything is broken down. We have no control over nothing. We don't even control the market, and we pick cotton. This shit don't even make it. We ain't do nothing but the field, and we don't even know how to uh, take care of a plant. I mean, well, I know how to take care of a plant. I can garden. <laughs> but I'm saying, I'm saying, if you give, I mean, no offense, though. I'm just saying, if I give, if I pass out a plant. To all these young folks out here, will you be able to grow it? If I give you a seed, could you plant the seed and grow from the seed and, and thrive from just one little seed? Hmm. Could you harvest a seed? If I give you the seed, could you even plant it? Could you harvest it? Could you All you got to do is water it every day and keep the weeds off of it. Mm-hmm. And talk to it. Talk to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My little plants like it. If you need rub on them a little bit, talk to them, water them when they need their water. You harvest. And it starts from being able to plant seeds. But when you can't even get, you know, when you can't even seed, you can't find a seed or your resources aren't there, you say, well, I don't even have a seed. Hmm. We have a problem. We got to talk about the stuff that we're going to have to take to get a seed out here. Yeah. But let's go back to the the um the era of you know where you was fought in Ellie where we where you originally got this inspiration from seeing all that is happening around you you know because I've heard other people talk but never from a woman's perspective such as you because you were Philly born. I mean, it was like I always liked to write poetry and stuff. That's why I had my poems in the book as far as me. Um, but I always liked poetry and. I uh I was I was just in the law firm one day and it, it was really Valerie Zaslow, honestly. It was really realizing that I would have to work every day now. Everybody was gone, everybody was dead, everybody was in jail. Everybody I knew, I, I wasn't no need of me going outside thinking, Oh, somebody's just gonna give me some money today. Because everybody had so much money mm-hmm. from selling drugs. So you, I just, all I had to do was really just go outside. Mm. And I could just get some money. Mm. So you just like this. Tell me, how you doing? What you doing? And it's funny that people, you know the era right now, we're in right now, people are just using that slang like, oh, I was out loud. Listen, if I tried to tell you that all you had, you Mm. 
Now, see, that's how it was for my aunts. That's how it was for the oldest. Oh, you want to come over here and talk to me? Oh, you're going to have to go through You're going to have to go through the family. You gonna have to, they going to have you out here doing chores. You sure you want to come over here with me? Hmm. Got it wasn't like it. Yeah, you, it was just, it was a little bit more to what it is right now and the climate that it is. And so this is the other thing you had to understand. Back then when I was a young girl, oh my God, you was the worst thing if you was a stripper. Mm. You was, mm. you was mud. Mm. You were mud. Mm. So I ain't had that luxury. Mm. Whatever you did, you better do it in the dark. Pretty much. Be doing that. You can't be doing that. Can't be going out like that. Hmm. So the hustles change, times have changed, life has changed, we evolve as we change. However, I just feel like our traditions and you know what 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 your value and your moral fiber is, you're still supposed to pass it down. So what I'm saying to you is I would have to sneak out the house and I had a whole bag of clothes and shit because I didn't want to hear that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm sneaking. Everything I had to do was sneak. That's right. We couldn't go out like, are you crazy? I would have been able to. Dear. Oh, Lord, Jesus. If you don't take that mm-hmm. shit off, you would get, they would hurt you. Mm-hmm. Trench lock potty, hang your ass from a tree. Yeah, they'll hurt you. Wait a minute, and they gonna talk about you. Oh Jesus, your own aunts and oh God, they all gonna be sitting there calling. Oh Jesus, <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> I don't even wanna go back in here with these people because I'm, you not going. There's only but so many Jezebels that you gonna call me. Okay. So it was different. It was a different time. It was a. It was just everything was different, and so you know, there. You know, Goggett was a real person. Yes. Doggett was real. She had the, she didn't have a speakeasy, but every first of the month, all the old people in the neighborhood, would, I used to rent a room from Goggett. Hmm. That's how I know Goggett. Everybody on 19 from Cumberland in Philadelphia, all the old people would remember her. She had the platters, she had the speakeasy, she, she, she had the cards, they all went in there and gambled. They all went in there and gambled the first of the month. That's what the older people like to do back then. I mean, it's just the ways of things and how things have changed. And so when I look at, even with this virus right now, I mean, it's, it's just got everything changing. We all have to change. But being able to reminisce about your culture, being able to have the values and the moral fiber to say, you know what, this is what I stand for. And I'm not going to change on that because this is how I was brought up. This is how I was raised. This is what I represent. Right. And holding that. And hold that. And hold that. And wear your head high. And yes. Shoot. I don't care what nobody says. So that's you know, that's that's what I took away from it all is I've gotten older. But when I sit there and I reminisce what made me write about, what made me start thinking about Quadir or or this imaginary character mm-hmm. that was gonna come and save me was because I was working with them white folks and he was just terrible. Oh Jesus, God save me in here, Jesus. And so there's no way that I can do this for the rest of my life like this, being bossed around like this and being treated like this and being underpaid like this and just everything that I felt. And so I just started sitting here daydreaming about a drug deal and come and save me. Mm. Like not a big deal. I mean, but this was the crazy part after I wrote the book, because you gotta remember, this is 1992. We don't mm-hmm. have no computers. Right. We don't have typewriters and shit. We're white. I didn't, we didn't even have white out back then. Back then, we had a little strip of paper that you put in there, and you just hit the button again, and that little white strip of paper would make it white again. You know, we didn't have white out yet. And so, you know, to type the book on a typewriter to, you know, and then I met this guy, I met him at the, uh, at the, at the red light because, you know, I, it's all in my book, but me and my girlfriend was out one night and I met this guy and he ended up, um, he ended up helping me because he said, you know, he's like, oh, that shit ain't nothing, baby. He's like, come on, crap money. He used to call me crap money. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you sure don't need much, do you? I'm like, no, I really don't need too much, you know. You like crap money for the night. Come on. And so, <laughs> he, <laughs> come on. And so, he, 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 he
Come on, crap money, come on. And so he took me down. Um, I took him down to North Philly because I met this lady um, down there with a station near the shop. She had green eyes. Her name was Navaline Tanksley. I don't know where Navaline is, but Navaline saved my life. And you know what? I'm not going to say nothing, but I think she liked Brian. She liked my friend Brian. I think she did. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. They seem to hit it off real well because I'm just standing there going, yo, is we getting some books or what a Brian stop. And excuse me, Navaline, I'm talking to you. Hello. So they done hit it off in here, but I'm getting my books. And so, um, even though this is my friend, and so um I'm gonna get my books and she charged nine dollars. I got about five hundred books, it was forty five hundred dollars. I had to go out there. I sold the book, it was white, it was typed on a typewriter, and I sold it to everybody for twenty dollars. What was the name of that first book? It was called Truth to the Game. Okay, just want people to know it again. Okay. Yeah, this was, this was, this was, this was, and this, I did this in, so I wrote the book in 92, I copy wrote the book in 93, so the book is like 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Again, Han made a book, Noveline took crazy movies, Han made the book, she, she literally handmade this book, printed on a typewriter, she put it in her copy machine, and then she collated the pages, back and forth, back and forth, and then she sat there and crazy glued the books. <laughs> All right, Noveline. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going get this shit done, black folks, we're going get this shit done, right. like we always did, and so... From there, and, and this is the this is this is what I want people to understand. I'm not. It's Terry's game, mm-hmm. and it's my new book, and I'm sharing this journey to the extreme where the next phase of my life would be, uh, or the next angel that would come into my life would be this lady, Patricia Haley Brown. And she had a book called Nobody's Perfect. And she was, it was some um, like anointed book. And she was, you know, very spiritual and very uh, religious. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I met her in the mall at this, at this black bookstore. And she, uh, she said to me, um, what is this? And what are you doing? And I said, well, oh, that's my book. I'm selling my book. She said, you don't have a barcode. I said, what's a barcode? And she just breathed inside. And she said, I said, well, what are you doing? I said, what? What? And she, you know, it was a look from, you know, like a Felicia Rashad mm-hmm. looking at you like. Girl, shaking your head what? like, what are you doing? You, what are you doing? Yes. Like, mm-hmm. it was like her and her sister both looking at me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like these two up here, like, child, honey, child, 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 We don't have to teach yeah. It was like that. Right. Then she opened the book and one of the pages fell out. I said, here, that's page 19. Put it back to 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Got holy. Oh, <laughs> and she really looked at me, okay? So, when I say she could have walked away, mm-hmm, and she could have said, you know what, these, 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 these folks out here, you know, she could have said whatever she wanted to say and look at her book and she don't even have a barcode. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's typed on a typewriter. Mm-hmm. She thinks somebody going to really support that. This isn't, she could have said anything about it. Right. And walked away. But she didn't. She said, uh, Take my phone number, <laughs> you know, because I'm a challenging person. It's not like I'm an easy person. She could, I know she already could tell, uh-huh, this is going to be rough right here. This one right here. Uh-huh. Okay, here, honey. Here, honey. Here, here, dear. Here, dear. Take my number in the name of Jesus and call me. Because I'm going to help you. Well, we need a lot. And the first we, thing we I say, more, you know me. We need more. Yeah, you know her. me. I'm from the street. She said, I, the first thing she said, she said, I said, the first thing I said to her, and I, went, I said, well, what you, what you going to want for helping me? Mm-hmm. And she said, I don't need nothing from you, but a promise. And I said, well, what's the promise that you need from me? What promise? And she said that the information that I'm about to share with you, that you will go back and you will share it with your people. Right, pass on the knowledge. Or you will share with our people. Yes, each one. Anybody that wants to know, Mm -hmm. you will be willing to share the information with them. 
that's on that night. And so getting to this point and getting to this space in my life and going back after nine years of not publishing and not printing and walking away from the business that I once loved, the only thing that I can think of is to share it with those who are coming back up and who have that passion and who are willing to take that chance on themselves and show them how to do it and show them the way and show them what's going to be good for them and how they can make money and prosper and not be taken advantage of. Thank you. Mm-hmm, that's what I do. You know me, Jackie. Yeah, so you wrote True to the Game and then, you know, then after that, there was what other books? Because, you know, you called me. Well, after that, that, Shannon sent me Be More Careful. He sent it to me from prison. And so I said, you know what? I don't even have to write another book again. I'm going to just go ahead and publish this book. And, I'll, and I got my book. And, you know, I was already extremely successful with True to the Game. So publishing him, uh, helping him get out of prison, um, you know, we went through our battles. Uh, next thing you know, I had competition out there. He came, you know, because I was out there by myself selling my book. Mm-hmm. I was the only, I guess I was like the only independent black publisher or black female publisher at that time. Mm-hmm. Running around, trying to sell a book, trying to put a book in stores, carrying the book on my back, you know, as an independent hustle. And, I just think selling that it, it started to inspire other people as well. We huh? got selling them out the trunk of your car. Oh yeah, I was I was selling them out the trunk of the car. You know, I tell this story. I'm not going to tell all my stories in my book. That's the last story I'm going to tell you. That's in my book. But I share a story with you. So I would be selling my book on 125th Street um, under the Apollo sign and in front of the Mark 125. Now I'm, I'm still. I still got my law firm. I'm still working at law firms in Philly. I'm going back and forth from Philadelphia to New York. I'm selling my book on the weekends. And, you know, some nights I would be so tired that I wouldn't be able to drive back home because it's like a, you know, three-hour ride back home for me. And so I would, um, two and a half, two and a half to three, easy. And so I would, um, and I, and I would go to sleep in my car. And so, um, I had I had gotten invited up to Branson's um, by Eddie, who invited me up. He said that my presence was requested. It's such a long story, but you gotta read the book. And so I went up there to Branson's, and um, he had a candy store in Harlem. But he was, you know, everybody knows me, and you know, he's very well respected. Yeah, Yeah. and you know. Yeah, everybody's going through these. Like, I'm seeing Redman, I'm seeing KRS-One, I'm seeing Faith Evans. I'm like, oh, my God, this is, I'm, I love it here. And so um, one day I went up to Bees and, and I, um, I took my shoes off. And they were, like, so red and so swollen. And I had blisters on my feet oh, wow. from trying to sell my book. And they were looking at me like, Jesus, God, like, what the hell? Like, and they, you know, they just, like, they were like, look at your feet, you know? And so the next time when I came back, mind you now, this is where I was sleeping in my car because Branson told people to watch me out there. Mm-hmm. So there would actually be a guy sitting in a chair watching me sleep. But somebody would be out there and they would be watching. They would know that I'm in the car sleeping. I was good. So that's where I would sleep at um, and then get back on the highway. But the next time that I came to New York, right? Mm-hmm. This was what year? Think, this had to be, geez, 2000. 2000. Yeah, because I, I hadn't had my apartment yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't get my apartment until 01. I got my first apartment in Edgewater in 01 at Avalon. Mm-hmm. So look, look, Emil took me over here. Emil from Rockefeller took me here. So look, look, look. Um, and you already know Jackie Queen Penn had taken me in. I was sleeping on her eventually. I- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Came by me. Me and, me and her got along so we could just get along so well. Mm-hmm. I miss her so much. I think she was, oh my on, God. She was um, on my website. It don't even make sense. Yo. Yeah, she was on my WhatsApp the other day. You know, you could see who looks at your WhatsApp. I saw her name looking at my page. I was like, oh my Get God. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 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 But go ahead, Terry. But, but, but let me finish telling you. So the next time, we're back to my story. The next time when I came back to New York, um, 
and I went up to Branson's, right? Mm-hmm. I was a little fortune cookie. I was a fortune cookie. You know how the fortune cookie has the little, um, the little slip inside of it that reads you your fortune? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I was in the bags. <laughs> and it said, read true to the game. Oh, wow. Cute. <laughs> and so that, you know, so it's, it's just, you know, when I say the hustle was so real, and when I say people witnessed that hustle, mm-hmm. I just really don't think that people understand that you'll never be able to diminish that. Nor will you ever take away the fact that, you know, for a lot of brothers incarcerated, a lot of sisters that were incarcerated during that time, I started initially offering a, a discount. I think it was like a 10 or 15% discount in the back of the book mm-hmm. if you buy the book. From me, I sent it to the prisons, mm-hmm. and so or any inmate across the country got a discount. Not only did every inmate get a discount, they can always go back, they can always look at every letter that I ever wrote, and they'll see, hold on for one minute. Yeah, Lucy, I'm doing an interview, you gotta give me a minute. Um, and so... Every, um, I think that was book. great. Not to stop you, hold that thought. I think it was excellent promotion and marketing. That was really, you were one-stop shop chick. So you did your thing. What? Yeah, as far as like your little promotions, you know, like putting it in the book, you know what I mean? Like little things they can get off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Because see, this was the thing. I thought nobody knew. I didn't think that anybody, first of all, I had to hide the book from my mother because if she ever found out, oh my God, oh my God, all that Montessori school with all those mm-hmm. French classes. Oh my God, my book would totally disappoint her. I know, but okay, how old I even were knew half of that stuff. How old were you at that time? 30. Okay. 30. When I in 20, I was 30. And, and, and when I started writing it, and, um, if you figure around 20, I was about, what am I? I'm 52. Mm-hmm. So. When you started? Well, let's go back. I started writing in 1992. Okay. So you was about, I would say. That's like 30 years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to pinpoint how. 28 or something. It's like 28 years ago yeah, I when I started writing. So right. if I'm 52, 52 minus 28. Yeah. Um. Yes, I was 24 when I started writing. I did. Right. I was a young girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you baby. <laughs> Coming out the streets. Boy, I stories. <laughs> Being inspired for that Philadelphia lifestyle. Yo, look, look. Just running around in those streets. Boy, listen. <laughs> Yo, why I was talking to Bessie Lou. <laughs> That's my baby. Let's finish up that point, though, when you came yo, back. Yo, wait a minute. While I was talking to Missy Lou the other day, uh, I mean, this was a minute ago, and we, well, I talked to her the other day, but this was a minute ago when she said this to me, and we was talking, why did she say, yo, T, remember how they used to blindfold us and shit and make us put shit over our head? Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. I was like um, no. Um, <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, who did that to you? <laughs> I'm like, no, um, we didn't actually, I, I didn't actually get blindfolded to go anywhere. You know, like, I feel really, you know, that's like an unfortunate mishap for me not to be able to say that the nigga. We always How did do that. that not happen to me? Listen, let me tell you something. Back then, talking about that Haitian Jack and Tookie and Charlie. I'm telling you, for me to go to Tookie and Charlie's house in Queens, Jack and them and George Pang used to have to, I have to get blindfolded to go to their kids. So I totally Nobody's going to, listen, everybody is going to wake up and be like, yo, what the fuck just happened, yo? What the fuck just happened? Yeah. Yeah, but let's finish the part it's about take how... a couple days for you to try to figure this shit out, okay? They're not going to get that part, but let's just finish the um, part about you when you came back to um, New York, and it was like 2000, and what had happened then after Well, sleeping. like I said, I was, you know, whatever happened out there on the streets or whatever happened in those prisons, whatever was happening was happening really without me and it was like truth to the game was taking wings without me and so I guess what started happening was 
um, New Yorkers and Philadelphia and D.C. and Maryland and Baltimore and all the cities that I was able to get in my car and go to at that time um, with limited resources, all of them were looking for the book. Mm. They were looking for the book. And you got to remember, this is like 1999, 2000, when I came out with the, or, you know, the, the regular True to the Game. I now got my barcode, Patricia Haley Brown. Everything that Patricia told me to do, I put in Terry's game. So you're going to know what to do. And I gave you the phone numbers and the websites inside of Terry's game so that you can go do what you need to do. So not only is Terry's game my memoir in business where I'm telling you things that I learned along the way, the mistakes that I made along the way, I'm also giving you all of the resources as a human being Mm. so that you can just simply do A, B, C, and D and do your own book. And you don't have to give it to nobody out. You ain't got to do nothing. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Sister Felicia. And so right. let's get this, let's really get a bag out here, folks, and right. stop playing. And stop playing. So that's all that's in Terry's game, what you're going to have to do. But remember, I haven't put a book out in nine years because, you know, they be messing with me, Jackie. <laughs> I know, they be messing with me. They be trying to do everything they can do. You know, um, and you got to remember something else. When you really get in money, I mean, when you really get in money, you know, there's so many things, there's so many things in business that you have to be able to manage and you have to be able to deal with everything that's going to come along with that money. Mm-hmm. And so this is why, you know, people act like they got this and they got that and he's so blessed. Ain't shit blessed about no damn money. I don't know where y'all get this shit. That's not your blessing. Hmm. The blessing for me was to be able to cultivate a gift that God gave me to be able to reach other people. And it served a purpose. And let me just explain something to you. If one more person writes me, one more person comes up to me, and let me tell you how they come up to me. (laughs) Um, Excuse me, ma'am. I'd be like, yo, everything good? Everything good? We good? Everything all right? What I do? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Nah, hold up. Check up. Check this out, yo. He said you cherry Excuse me, you cherry what? Yo, excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me. I, I, I just want you to know that you saved my life. Hmm. Um, oh. Really? That's so Like, I'm refreshed. Do I know you? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, do I know you? No, ma'am, see, see, I was locked up. I did a bed, I did a 15-year bed. And they had me in the hole, but, 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 but one of the guards put me your book while I was in solitary. Mm. And it saved my mind, man. You took me back out on the streets again. Yo, I was a king again reading that shit, man. You brought me back home, Miss Woods. And I just want to say thank you. Okay. And so, Jackie, when you walk around and you keep hearing this shit and you keep hearing... And so, you got to step outside of you. Forget all of the money because the money, we done spent that and that shit's gone. But that shit that that dude keeps saying to me, they saying this mm-hmm. shit to me every day. Mm-hmm. It's a blessing. That's a true blessing. That's a blessing. That's the blessing. blessing that I was able... So, you mean I... So, whatever I wrote got you out that cell and made you want to read... What I hope hmm. got you out that cell and made you want to read. He said, and you know what, Miss Woods? I even wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if you could read it for I wrote a book. Miss Woods, okay, so let me get this shit straight. You, it got you out the cell, it saved your mental, made you sit down and read, hmm. and then inspired you to write a book as well? Come on now. Don't get me. Don't, 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 don't. Uh, you know, to manifest that is one. To forget the $10 million I was out there. Don't forget all that money I blew through. I blew through that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but just yeah, to hear cool. that, you know, inspired. Don't check. Who blew through $10 million out there, Jack? You know, I, know, I, I really 
to um I wanted them to understand a little bit too about that because you know we don't want you to think everything is hunger glory. They don't know that you know you took a deep L, a, a big loss. You know what I mean? Um, you know, um, just doing your time and your success. This is the crazy part. Mm-hmm. I would, you know what? Let me. There's there's two ways to lose out here, right? When you lose, let's just let, let's take the coronavirus for example, because I know people are losing money right now. I know restaurants are closed. Businesses might not even open back up. I know the people's livelihoods have been affected. I know the people are in food lines waiting for a bag of groceries to feed their families. I know people are suffering, okay? And I know that people are losing their loved ones. And there's this tremendous loss, 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 okay. But when we're talking about sometimes losing money, you know, what I realized was had I dealt with the loss of a business sort of because of a natural disaster or the coronavirus, it would have given me reason. It would have given me understanding. It would have given me uh, closure in a way. I would have been able to say, look, this is what's going on and this is inevitable and people are dying and, you know, this is this is the way it is. And, you know, so these are the steps that we're going to take to preserve what we have in our family. And yes, we're going to lose. And yes, we might close this business. But you know what? It's a coronavirus. And you know what? We can we can reopen or we can try something else later or we can do something else again after we survive this situation. And so, yes, we're losing, but it's because of something. And for me, I'm sort of happy in a way that I can write a book about losing because every loss I took was because of someone else trying to take. Hmm. And that makes me fight even harder. Like, are you serious? Are you think you're going to shut me down? You think you're going to keep stealing and taking and taking and taking and taking? Get out of here. Don't fucking Get out of here. And sometimes you get clunked in the head to the point where you have to get back up. You have to be able to get back up. And so Terry's game is, like I said, it's about being able to get back up. It's about winning. It's about losing. It's about building. It's about discovering your purpose, my purpose. You can't take my purpose from me because I have black men that come up to me and tell me I saved their life. You can't take my purpose from me. Anything you say about me is just going to repel off of me because I know exactly what God put me here to do. That's right. Preach. You can't take my gift from me. You can't rename it. You can't reclaim it. You can't call it something that it's not. And you can't try to take it and and, and make it something that that, that has... No, 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 no. And here's another question. Here's another thing, because people like to say that um, it was guys in jail that was writing your books and this and that, whatever. Just clear that up for me, girl. Jackie, that is also in the book. You have to read the book. Oh, just give them a little tea. I, I get it. All I can tell you, let, okay, so let me just say this. There were a lot of decisions that were made for a lot of reasons. Okay? Mm-hmm. Those decisions are, are, are literally spelled out on what on the choices that I made in the manner that I made them and at the time that I had to make them. And all I can tell you is that not only was I a publisher, but I was a purchaser of content. Mm-hmm. And so very early, I would say as early as 2002, 2003, um, you know, my kid's father, Lou, at the time, you know, we made a decision. It was brought to my attention based on certain things that were happening that we would purchase the content and not offer publishing deals to anyone anymore. And so I started purchasing stories from people in jail. 
So the stories might not have been written well or might have been written in pieces or they might have been totally written all the way out. And it's really great that you took a stab at writing, but nobody could publish the book this way. So if I buy this story, I am going to sit here and rewrite it and my company will own it. And that was made really clear. But this is the other thing that you got to understand If I'm purchasing something from you for five or six figures, it's that, like that's my business. It's called content. So if I'm, you know, if I'm taking care of people and I'm cutting checks for a hundred thousand dollars, that's what I'm doing. That's my business. And if I want to sit here and rewrite this, then that's what I'm going to do. If I'm going to sit here and put this story together, then that's what I'm going to do. If I'm going to sit here and I'm going to put these characters together, that's what I'm going to do. But do you really think that I know how to do crime? Do I look like I can do crime? Do you really think? Oh, my God. But once they sold it to you, it wasn't no longer their property. So, you know, I just want to make sure you make it clear to all these naysayers out there that think they know so much about your life. Oh, no, I want my checks to you. back. Y'all need to give me my checks back. Y'all claiming shit that you can't sell the car, and then I fix the car up, and I put tires on it. You saw what you sold me a story. I could pay anybody for a story right now. I could go sit and talk to police officers and cut checks to them on me and get some crime. I can get the codes. I could talk to FBI. I could talk to secret intelligence people and find out how shit gets done. I could go research it now. You got the computer, so you really good. You can research everything now. But I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. so... What? Because I don't see no... Let me just say this. And you need to read the book because... You know, what happened when... Let's just say this. Let me just put this out there so we real clear. All right? It wasn't to hurt nobody. It wasn't to take nothing from nobody. I got dudes that's in jail. Somebody, you know, like, no offense, but... Nobody know how shit's gonna be perceived. You know what I mean? So... We talking real bank robbers. We talking... Okay, let's not say we talking real bank robbers. Let's say we talking people who have been alleged and convicted of certain types of crime. Mm-hmm. Which in my mind says, hey, you could be innocent. You could be guilty. I don't care. But, you know, do you really know how to do this shit? Like, you really know how to rob a bank and get away? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you write that shit out for me. <laughs> Yo, hold on. Hold on. Let me go get a uh, tape recorder here. Hold up. What you say now? What you doing? Okay, so all I'm saying is I cannot tell you the weight of anything. You could offer me a million dollars, right? I can't break down the weight of drugs. I don't sell drugs. I don't know. I don't remember a triple beam. Okay, the eight ball thing and the 16th, you know, comes to mind. But outside of that, I don't remember that shit. Hmm. I don't and so that's what I did to understand crime and to understand you know build my characters around truth and to have it seem real like I knew you know I need to know like so yeah but I didn't steal anything from nobody I'm the only one that took care of everybody I'm the only one that can still show up out there Mm. let me explain something to you you signed a Terry Woods publishing Okay, I'll give you a prime example, Shannon. So I need to be more careful. I love to be more careful, but again, it was something that I felt needed to go through. There was characterizations to be built, but he already had a great story on paper. Take nothing from it. Um, I published him. He got a publishing deal for my company. Shannon has seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars from me. And me and Shannon had a, a, a a great beginning. Uh, we had a horrible middle, and we had an excellent end because... I respect him and he respects me. I think we, we've gotten to that space. It's hard, though, when you're working with artists. It's hard for me. And I didn't really care to work with artists. Like, I like the purchasing thing and being able to go on about my business and just do my company and mind myself and, you know, taking care of people. It, it, it becomes so stressful mm-hmm. when you got to count for people and they know that you know that they're depending on you and you got you to gotta cut the checks and you got to count and count and count and everything's a count. And you're like, oh, and then you got to take care of them. You got to make sure shit's right for them. It becomes too stressful for me. And so I took it, I took it very seriously. And so basically what happened was, um, and again, it's, it's really detailed in the book, but you know, me and Shannon developed beef and, um, 
I'm not going to say what it was about or what I felt it was about, but we developed beef and, and we stopped speaking. And, you know, it, only Shannon could ever say anything, you know, for everybody else. You know, me and Shannon went through it and for a period I held his royalties and he sued me. And, and, and we went to court and he, you know, I was ordered to pay him and I did. Mm-hmm. But that's it. I ain't never bothered nobody. I ain't going through this shit. No, we ain't gonna worry about me dealing with this shit. Here go your money real quick. I don't even have to like you. Here you go. I'm not dealing with it. And so after 2001, I never had any of those problems. Me and Kwame never, you know what I mean? Me and him still go back and forth. I had to, I have to initiate what I have to initiate to protect myself. But I've been doing nothing but taking care of people. And it better not be nobody going to stand up and say, I didn't take care of them and do what I was supposed to do under the terms of our agreement. You was a, you was a lie. You was a lie. Get out of here. Not only did I take care of you, let me just say this. Shannon, when Shannon came home, and I mean, like, I really felt like I was doing right and I was doing everything I could and I was cutting checks and I was looking out for him and I just felt that way. And so at some point I heard that he had gotten um, offered a publishing deal and they were giving him 400000 And they took him away after I did everything I could. Tell us why. Hmm. Hold on. And so that's why I need you, because you wouldn't be asking me these questions. You would be telling people that they need to read the book. No, but you're doing. Which is why I sent you Hold on, you're doing a great. No, hold on. I'm. You know, I've read mostly all your books before you published them. Yeah, but I don't want. I'm not going to tell you nothing else that's in this book. But what I'm saying to you is, that's what happened. After I'm just saying that. that. And what I wanted you just to just pinpoint certain things. So people, you did a really great job explaining everything. So now people really are going to go get your book. Because I'm going to tell you, know let me just Daddy, say this, Terry. No, really, seriously, hold really, on, no, hold on one second. Hold what? on, I just want people to hear your honesty, you know what I mean? And your tenacity and, you know, who you are, people don't know you like I know you. You know what I'm saying? We go back 30 years. You know what I'm saying? I'm like an auntie mother figure to you. You always call me for everything. I'm your 7 o'clock call every goddamn morning. So I want the world to know who you are. You know what I mean? Behind yeah, but, the scenes. Yeah, but Jackie, all I'm trying to get you to understand is, you know, when I was going through it, you know, I Mm-hmm. And so how you might feel personally, you really got to be able to wear your big, big girl panties out here. Mm-hmm. Um, but excuse me, you just gave, um, hold on, I know you ain't just getting this neat, bro, I got out of prison $400,000. Hmm. I know you ain't getting that much money. You get me, you, hold up, 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 hold up. And I done said he put this book together and you gave him $400,000 to take him from me because I'm a black business and you want to separate and divide. You want to divide and conquer because you think that's my team. Well, then guess what? I got something for you. You and all your gatekeepers, you're not even going to know who the team is. So we can get money because we can't get money. We can't get money if you know who's over here because you're going to try to come and take them from me. So bye. (laughs) Terry, that's his loss. So true to the game, made it to the movie theaters. Congratulations. Give me a little bit about that. I took a deal with Manny, you know, I met Manny back in 04, so I've known him for a minute. He said he was going to get it done, and he did. You know, we uh, partnered up and uh, for him to, you know, do the production and my content, and he got it done. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, doing more films. So how did you feel when you saw your movie, I mean, your book on a big screen? Like, just give me a, um, 
a little uh, experience of when you sat there. I mean, we were all at the movie I mean, theater. well, this is the thing. This is what people, you know, I was out in L.A. I started renting an apartment in uh, Studio City back in 04, and so it was really my dream mm-hmm. come to life. It was my dream to see my characters come to life. It was my dream to take my books and turn them into films. Not just True, not just Dutch, not just Deadly Rains, all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, Alibi, Angel, everything that I've ever done is going to be turned into film. Mm-hmm. So, for me, um, manifesting that desire, seeing it come to life, um, there's sacrifices that I've had to make, there's sacrifices that a lot of people have had to make, um, but I feel that my journey with it is, it, it, it was in its own self as a novel, just getting the film made, I could write a book about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that I went through, uh, you know, not even more so just in dealing in, in the business of it, um, understanding the business world, learning the business world, learning the business of the films, learning, learning things that I need to know so that when I put, you know, um, you know, when I put my time into doing something, I'm able to manifest it. I like to manifest things. I like to plant seeds and I like things that I do to grow. So, and I mean over time. So I really am happy that True to the Game was finally done. I think that it brings awareness to my brand. It also makes me realize, oh, my God, that, you know, who the hell could be this relevant, you know, 30 years later? Mm -hmm. And to have a book this relevant 30 years later and to know that I'm independent and to know that I got every obstacle, every mountain in front of me everybody on top of me everybody trying to you know what i mean and i don't mean people i mean corporations out here so to know you know what i've been through as an author as a woman in business as a black person oh my god and to see it done beautiful thank you beautiful i sit there and cry thank you i'm glad that i was a part of it and i was there to see you and manny you know pull it off and you know you guys uh, we, well, there is True to the Game Part 2, isn't it? Yes. Okay. And I feel with Manny include all three series, all three books, the whole series to be done. Okay. Through one, True 2, and True 3. There'll be all three of them in the end. And, and what about Dutch? Just like Dutch, there'll be Dutch 1, Dutch 2, and Dutch 3, I'm sure. Because he ain't going to stop. You ain't stopping that jackrabbit. <laughs> Y'all can, y'all can try. <laughs> y'all can try to stop the whole Jackie boy over there. I learned the hard way. You ain't stopping that jackrabbit. You better get on the boat, bitch, or get left. Okay? How about that? Know that. Okay? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, stand up. And you know what? I'm going to get on the boat. Right? You're not going to want me on the boat. But I, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm already on the boat. Bitch, I am the boat. Jackrabbit. <laughs> Bitch, I am the boat, so don't tell me to get on it, nigga. I am the boat. This shit twisted. That's some crazy ass friends. I saw. Yeah, me and him. That's a fight every day. That should be a reality show right there. Are you kidding me? And no, and I'm in the middle of it. <laughs> but I love it. But you know, yo, I got a lot of respect for this dude because I couldn't listen. I don't know if I could manage all of that shit. That shit is too much for me. I can't even. I can't. Mm-mm, mm-mm, it's a lot. So you a lot. I don't think people realize. <laughs> involved and yo I fuck with that book 
Mm. Yo, everybody likes that. Fuck, fuck with that. Yeah, whatever it is, I'm grateful. Wonderful. That's nice. all, you know, I, that's all I've got to say. The money Beautiful. and all that other stuff. But I'm grateful. I'm so grateful and I'm and so thankful be. and I'm so blessed. And yes, you, you know, I can't even, you know, I can't even say whatever my issues are, whatever negativity I have, I would never even put it out in the universe. Whatever problems we got, we always work them out and we will continue because that's what we do as black people. We work it out. And so we keep it moving out here and we are New York City. And so it's nothing. Yo, check this shit out. Try me. Try me. You're supposed to. Come on. Come on, Dad. Let's go. Try me. I'm going to show you who I am, and I'm going to show you what I'm built of, and I'm going to show you how I get up, too. Everybody, you know what I mean? And, and, and that's where the respect starts to come in. That's where, you know, the fighting starts to cease. That's when you get to see what you're working with, you know who you're dealing with, and you say, you know what, I really appreciate this person for what this person brings to the table. I really appreciate Terry for what Terry brings to the table. I really appreciate Manny for what Manny brings to the table. I really am grateful for everybody. And I want everybody to stay blessed so we can continue to manifest. Because what's being done has never been done. As I say, it's never been done. But it hasn't been done for black writers or urban writers or for writers in this stage, in this phase, in this space where we in right now. You don't see black writers being embraced in nobody's film. Hmm. So Terry, now, when you do, let me know. Terry, all right. So, Terry, thank you so much for that. But I want you to um, leave them with, you know, your handles and also with what you're doing now, what you, I mean, besides we talked about the new book, I want you to also let them know about your kid's book. Okay. So, you know, I'm really into this children's little world that I created and my cartoons that I want to do and movies and imaging for children and books for children that represent them and uh, characters that are multicultural in nature and designed for everyone. And so that's one of the things that I've been working on. And I did my first book. It's called The Best I Can Be. Um... And it's a values and morals story. It's meant to teach good manners and for uh, children to love one another and be kind to one another. And I started uh, reading the children in schools. And, you know, I was blessed by God to become a vendor with the Department of Education, which really showed me my value. Um, And once I realized that I was a vendor with the Department of Ed, that that I had gotten to that point with the book run, it just inspired me to want to continue. So it's a, it's a six-book series altogether. Well, it's a five-book series, and then there's an extra book um, on the side for uh, children with disabilities, um, specifically Down Syndrome, because my granddaughter has Down Syndrome. And so I'm putting that book together to donate proceeds to the Down Syndrome Association. But in the meantime... Um, I'm working on my children's book, which you can see. You can see my children's stuff and the stuff that I do at www.terrywoodskids.com. I also have a Terry Woods Kids Instagram page, so you can see that work with the children, with What's the Ginger Giraffe, with the books. It's T-E-R-I. I spell my book with one R, one I. So it's Terry Woods Books on Instagram, and it's Terry Woods bookskids.com and so I'm building on that that's one of the things that I'm doing and I plan on putting out um, the rest of the book line so I only have uh, two books released right now I plan on putting out the entire book line as well as doing some other things and cartoons and and I've been doing songs and jingles and you know little things for kids so I do I create that and then um, I also have my new website, which is coming. It's uh, not ready yet, uh, but it's uh, Terry Woods Media. So it's T-E-R-I, TerryWoodsMedia.com. So that'll be the website. That'll be where you'll purchase Terry's game in the future. By June, everything will be up and running. You'll go to Terry Woods Media, and you'll buy your book. And your book will be shipped within 24 hours, Monday through Friday. Um, and, and it'll be autographed specifically autographed for you um, by me. And so then 
uh, you have my Terry Woods Media coming, which will have e-books, uh, printed books, audio book links, and the links to my movies that uh, you'll be able to see trailers and clips and all that kind of stuff on the page as well. Uh, and then outside of that, Sorry, uh, finishing up. Hurry up. Oh, finishing up my Terry's game. And that's really it. I'm focused on Terry's game. I'm focused on the website and I'm focused on my children's stuff. And you can follow me at Terry Woods Books on Instagram. Thank you so much, Terry. I love you. And thank you for being one of the best parts of Front Row with Jackie Rowe. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime, Jackie. Miss you. Love you. I miss you and I love you more. Bye. Bye, baby.